Hi, my name is Panta Kalhor and you're listening to Transition by Panta Kalhor Podcast. I created this platform to help you grow and move forward easier through your transition, whether in parenthood, job transition, healing journey, or starting a brand new life. Episode 93, Fertility Empowerment Show. How Optimizing Mental Health Improves Fertility with Linda Hayes-Cooper, Early Parenting Therapist and Clinical Psychologist. Uh, fertility uh, is not easy for many people. It's not a really easy journey. Some people have lots of ups and downs, and uh, they do donor eggs, they do IVF and other uh, fertility treatments to get pregnant. Here I have somebody uh, called Linda Hayes-Cooper. She's an amazing therapist. She's doing early parenting therapist. Uh, She's clinical psychologist helping new and expected parents move from warrior worries to warriors so they can begin to live a family life of the dreams. She's the founder of Calm Emotional Presence that cultivates your designer footprints fast tracking to mental health and well-being. Welcome to our show, Linda. Thank you, Pantia. Okay, tell me about your story. How did you end up to be a therapist and uh, what was your story uh, about your fertility journey mm-hmm. and what did you do in there? Mm-hmm. Well, um, my experience as a child, I think, has brought me through to my uh, time now as a parent-infant therapist. Um, it took me through into midwifery and a child and family health uh, baby whispering, and then on to psychology. Um, once I realized um, from a very early age that, you know, families are impacted by their own families. And just the experience of uh, the childhood with the parent that has the parent bringing their own childhood into that experience, again, almost with the ghosts in the nursery, um, that excited me and I wanted to learn more. So I went on to bring in my psychology experience um, into my midwifery and uh, went on to become a clinical psychologist and parent infant therapist. Uh, So I work with parents who have experienced um, loss previously through lots of different avenues, in, in particular infertility and um, difficulties in their pregnancy or maybe mental health and emotional challenges in pregnancy and the postnatal period and right up until five years of age with everything that comes with parenting, the adversity, the challenges, all of that. Um, So my experience through that time, however, being a clinical psychologist and a midwife, I was so desperate to have my own children. And unfortunately, it didn't happen. And I tried and I tried. I was with um, my first husband where we started going through some fertility. And in many ways, I think it was a way of me trying to fix the relationship. If we had a baby, it would fix the relationship. But I knew he didn't want one. So 
things went a little pear-shaped and I had a, an early miscarriage uh, through that experience. It was all very distressing for me. And knowing that he wasn't really available and wasn't very supportive, maybe that was, you know, an answer to me not having a baby at that point and that I needed to move on from that relationship. So I did. Um, and I went into another long-term relationship with a man who had uh, two children of his own already and didn't want to have any further children with me. So I thought mm, nothing much of it at the time, but as I was moving through my thirties thinking, mm, my clock is ticking. Um, and I started to discuss this and he just went through, went down the other path of vasectomy and, you know, was further away from it than what I was. Um, eventually uh, that relationship uh, came to an end as well. And when I was single, I thought, this is my time. So I started an infertility process of uh, a donor egg, found a lovely donor egg, uh, a lady um, who was, uh, was young, had a couple of children of her own. And um, so I was going through the counseling for that and the, the whole process and was very excited. I stopped briefly while I was waiting for the, the donor sperm to come through and I, I traveled. And over the four months, I started to really to get to know myself. I spent a bit of time really looking inwards and trying to make sense of what have I been doing in my life? Why have I done so much study and not had a baby? And a psychiatrist said to me, you know, Linda, it's interesting. You've had three main relationships and these men, none of them wanted to have children with you. Why do you think that is? And so I really started to explore that. And I realized that I may have been sabotaging my own experience of having a baby. And I thought my mum had three under three. She was left to be looked after by her nana and her aunties and uncles. So she would have been experiencing a lot of grief and loss and depression and anxiety while she was going through early parenting. So maybe that was what was impacting on me. And then I dived in deeper when I heard about transgenerational patterns. And then I realized my grandma, my mother's mum, gave away my mum to be cared for by other people. So there was something in her that instilled that belief that she wasn't able, able or capable to look after a baby of her own. And now I look deeper into myself and think, is this transgenerational? Do I have that gene that's in me? And I'm self, unconsciously self-sabotaging every time I came up to wanting to have a baby. So now I'm sitting in my early 50s and continuing to look after uh, other people going through this experience as, as best I can. Um, and I actually have some resolve in many ways of what my experience has been like and where I am now. So that's Well, that my was story. beautiful. That's, that was so touching, really, emotionally, really touching. You are right. I actually had some clients. They, they said, one of my clients actually lost her mother early age. Mm. She always told me, no, I don't deserve to be a mom. 
And on top of that, she was struggling to be, to be a mom. You see, this is a conflict between your uh, like deep beliefs and mm-hmm. what you want. So this is not exactly what you want when you deeply believe that you're, you don't deserve to be a mom. So it takes time uh, to realize what you really want. Maybe it's not even, you're not even ready to be a mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, even for myself, I was thinking, you know, what is my, my why? Why do I want to be a mom? Can I really protect another person? Because mm-hmm. I was very selfish. <laughs> I used to take care of myself too much. And it was really difficult for me to dedicate my time for someone else. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I got married, then I realized, well, there is another person that I have to take care of. And it was really amazing for me that we can share a lot of things. We can love each other. And I said, oh, okay, why not? I can dedicate my time mm-hmm. to someone else. I can have my own family. And that was amazing to understand your capability of loving someone. But that should be in you. Like mm-hmm. if you don't believe in it, so all this struggle really doesn't make sense. That's right. All the struggle don't make sense. Yes. Mm. And there's a, this playoff between unconscious and conscious. Yes. And it's not until we intertwine those and, you know, have them meet in some way that we can make a little bit more sense about what's going on in our lives and why do we do what we do? What is our why? Yeah, totally. So tell me about um, other experiences you had with, your, one, of, with one of your clients, uh, how you could help her. Did, did she successfully conceive or have children? Yeah, tell mm-hmm. me about it. Mm. Well, I've had many experiences. Um, thinking of one in general, um, I had um, a mum who spent many, many years of trying to fall pregnant and uh, she had experienced some counselling previously and some couple counselling. They had a lot of issues around her husband's drinking and his his not engaging with her on the same page um, when it came to wanting a baby. You know, he would talk openly and outwardly and express that he was keen and interested, but deep down he really wasn't. And um, he had some experiences from his childhood that uh, brought him into um, the present moment, feeling really uncomfortable about bringing children into the world as well. And he would move into drinking um, heavily whenever they had these discussions. Um, She was quite triggered about his drinking because he because of her experience of having a father who was an alcoholic. So she didn't like the presentation and it brought back a lot of childhood memories for her of her, the adversity that she had with her father. So you can see there's a lot of um, past experiences that were coming to play for both of them in the here and now um, when they were trying to fall pregnant. And um, the couple work was on the surface. It was looking at the, the, the drinking problem, but it wasn't going deep into 
the real issues of um, the ghosts in the nursery that were coming back to haunt them. Um, although he was reluctant to attend sessions, which is not uncommon with men, you know, they're usually quite busy or the mum sometimes might be, um, you know, sort of blocking in some ways and might feel uncomfortable. This is my safe place and I don't want him here. Um, but however, whatever was going on for them, um, she continued to have uh, a good 12 months of treatment with me. And um, we addressed the experience of um, the tug of war that she had between wanting to have the baby, but not wanting to have the baby under these circumstances with her husband who was drinking. She didn't want to bring a child into the world with a, a father who was an alcoholic. Um, in the end, um, what came about was they did, they did all the usual things, you know, that, that um, you know, people talk about um, exercising, which is very important. You know, they did some regular exercise uh, together with walking, um, nothing too intense, but it was just a gentle walking. Um, she changed her diet as well, um, so less sugar and fat intake into her diet. Um, and she looked at doing some more self-care so every week she had um, a massage and some reiki as well and we also talked about her experiences with her own mother and her mother the closeness that they had together and it was almost like um, they were codependent on each other so to me, I felt like there was this blockage of her not able to give to a baby when she was still giving to her mother, so to speak, and caring for her mother. Um, so we looked deeper into that and she was able to um, have some sort of distance in some way and see herself now as a potential mother rather than still being the daughter of her mother. Um, so change of identity, I suppose. And they also had some time away, which we always talk about is important just to relax, um, free yourself up of all the stress uh, that she's and her husband are enduring every day at work and also the pressure of um, not being able to fall pregnant. So they went through, um, she was just starting her third lot of treatment um, of IVF uh, when we started this process. And she within six months she fell pregnant um she had twins um unfortunately they had died in utero very early on um and that was a big huge grief um for anyone um, but for her experience it was so challenging for her to keep coming and turning up and you know, challenging her own you know, sense of self as a mother that, you know, how can I be a mum? I never, I never understood that I could be a mum. And now here I am, I've actually lost these babies. See, this is evidence that I cannot be a mother. And so we did a lot of work on that. And she came to terms with accepting these babies. She did a lot of journaling through that time as well. I think it was very important for her to write to these children and let her know um, how she felt about these babies and what she missed and how angry she felt about it. So she went through all the emotions, which I think is really, really important when you're experiencing grief and loss. You need to revisit that. A lot of the time it's past grievances 
and it comes into the present, the here and now, but it needs to be present. Beautiful. Love and she, she went on to have another pregnancy only uh, two, three months after that. So it was very exciting for her. Yes. Things started this rolling. Is process. This is a process. As, and I talk to, because I'm PTSD coach as well. So mm. I know trauma, your past life before having the baby, your belief about um, motherhood, everything really uh, affects your parenthood and being a mother and your fertility power actually and another important thing you even referring to your story about having relationships that they really didn't want to have the baby mm-hmm. it's the proof that having the baby and it's a creation energy of creation so you need to have this for two so is it's a mutual cooperation uh, between couples, and you should uh, know that you want it. You 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 got you will get it when both of you cooperate to mm-hmm. have this. So it's not just one person who struggles and another one do nothing. That's yes, right. you are right. So uh, between your own beliefs and whatever. Uh, you attract to have because all of your relationships uh, deep down they didn't want to have kids mm-hmm. and your deep down uh, was not really sure that you want to have a baby or not so that these are really connected to each other when you um, you, you in, these are connected to, to each other when you want to have a baby that's right. So interesting. Yeah, yes. it's, it's so powerful how you have to have that union together, the social interaction, the interdependency exactly. with, with your couple relationship. Yes. And uh, another interesting point um, I got from your words, you said uh, she just let it go for a while. She was relaxed mm-hmm. and had some Reiki work on her post uh, on her post trauma and uh, relationship with her mother. These are really root cause of the fertility. Mm-hmm. Some people have been diagnosed with unexplained infertility, like me. Mm-hmm. It's so easy for doctors saying that, "Oh, you have unexplained infertility. That's it. Why? How can you explain this to me?" You know, then you you see there are lots of root cause for your infertility, and ninety percent of them are mental. <laughs> so, and there are other reasons that you cannot get pregnant, even if your fertile machine is working. <laughs> you have a regular cycle. You don't have any block follow pain or you don't have anything blocking on your fertility mm-hmm. process, but you don't know why you don't get pregnant. So there are lots of things at the back. It's not only emotional. I know there are some root cause can be med- medical root cause that medical doctors don't diagnose it. That's right. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's, like, it's like your car breaks down. You know, yes. and you look under the hood and you think, oh, yeah, maybe I'll put a little bit of water in the radiator. It'll be fine. But then it doesn't work. Yes. And it's like, okay, well, I've got to look further now. I've got, to, I've got to dig deeper, find out what is the root cause here. Yeah. So it could be hidden and we don't know it. 
So uh, you said uh, there, there should be a positive relationship between two couples. Do you also believe that there should be a positive specialist and clinic and support uh, oh. for your fertility journey? Definitely. Definitely. I mean, from a personal point of view, having the counsellor as I was going through was valuable. Um, you know, I was gathering information on, you know, yes, I'm going to have a, a, a baby that is biologically to other people, but will be mine. How and when do I talk to this child about the situation? You know, yes, we start from scratch. It's like, wow, oh. Oh, that's something I didn't even consider. You know, just having that support is so valuable. And I think too, when we're looking at obstetricians and infertility specialists and, um, you know, anyone who's involved um, in the health profession that's connected with you, I think it's so valuable that we are open and honest and talk about our experiences, even if we're not happy with what we hear from them. Because we put on our facade and, you know, yes, everything's fine. I'll just do what he says, but I don't really want to. But deep down, you're really angry and sad with him. You know, it's important that we open up these discussions. The other thing is what I've heard of a number of times from mothers is it's taken a while for them to come and see me because they've had difficulty getting over the hurdles of what's expected when they have an, a, an early miscarriage. You know, in, in the past, it's only been recently, in the last few years or recent years, that it's been accepted um, by GPs and uh, obstetricians, gynecologists, that, yeah, uh, um, early pregnancy and miscarriage, that's a loss. And, yes, it's a mental, it causes mental health issues and problems. It's grief and loss that can end up in turn into depression and anxiety when it's not managed or PTSD. So it is so valuable and so important. And a lot of experiences mums have said to me that I was just told that it's only an early pregnancy. Don't worry about it. You'll have another one. You don't need to see anyone. Yes, miscarriage is so painful. Uh, I've been there two times. Mm. And... Uh, yeah, lots, lot of, because you feel that uh, you're stuck, you're uh, getting stuck in the vicious cycle of miscarriage. You're going to break it anyway. Yes. yes. <laughs> Some people cannot break it because they are still, their mind is still there. Mm. So if your mind and body are not aligned, you cannot get out of this cycle. That's right. You become yes. stuck. Yeah. yeah. So what are the three big, uh, three big success factors in having a good baby? I mean, healthy baby. In having a pregnancy, falling mm -hmm. pregnant, yeah. Uh, well, um, there's probably numerous elements that go into that. I would say if you're looking at the first thousand days, which is you know, something that is is quite highlighted now that from pre-pregnancy right up to two years of age, we want to focus on our diet, exercise, and mental health. They're the three main factors that I would say that every woman needs to be looking at from the time she's even thinking about a pregnancy. So 
a whole food plant-based diet. So reducing the sugar and the fat intake because that causes inflammation in the body and inflammation causes disease and infection and difficulty in, in organs functioning the way they're meant to be functioning. So it plays a big part in infertility. And exercise also. Without exercise, we have increased levels of cortisol in our body. Exercise reduces the cortisol and increases serotonin, which is your happy drug. So it gives, gives you a bit more of a, a mind-body balance uh, with the hormones. Uh, so that's a beneficial factor as well. And then we have, um, well, mental health in general. Um, when, when we're extremely anxious or we're depressed, um, or even if we have adversity, like say COVID, we're in situations that are outside of our control. Uh, it's really important that we teach ourselves some strategies that will help us focus on the choice uh, in the strategies that we're going to use to help regulate ourselves, regulate our emotional state, as opposed to trying to change the situation. Because infertility, COVID, um, adversities with our babies or pregnancy, um, environmental conditions like 9-11, volcanoes, all of those situations, they're out of our control. So the importance of focusing on a choice, to choose a strategy, acknowledge that this is a difficult time, acknowledge that you are still the same person, you have the identity as the mother, as the wife, as the neighbour, as the friend. Just because you've had a, a pregnancy loss doesn't mean that you are no different. Uh, your quality of sense of self hasn't changed. It's just your perception of that. And the third thing in um, looking at choice there is finding the strategies that are going to work for you. And mindfulness, I find, is one of, or meditation, mindfulness meditation is one of the biggest um, factors that I find helps regulate people's emotions fairly quickly. Whether you use it as just a, a quick um, dose every day and just build up uh, your sensitivity to it and you increase your uh, awareness of being in the moment so that you regulate your state from anxious state to a healthy sort of relaxed state, calm state in that moment or whether you do meditation that changes the, the trait that might have been passed on through the generations of anxiety. We can change our mental health and our emotional background and baggage that we're bringing with us through meditation. That would be my, my tip. Amazing, amazing, amazing. So Linda, do you have any program, website, anything you're gonna show my audience or help them to be uh, aware of their pregnancy and their fertility struggle? Mm -hmm. um, I currently, I'm working with clients um, from pregnancy, infertility, right up to five years of age that are struggling with their uh, emotions and regulating their emotions. And I use um, some very basic 
mindfulness strategies, helping them move from their head into their body and teaching them to integrate their head in their body through sitting mindfulness, stillness practices. Um, and, you know, I have a, a, um, a free um, recording that I can provide you to, to hand out to uh, your client participants as well. Um, the other technique that I use is a new technique and it comes from neuro-linguistic programming and it's a fast track way of regulating your emotions. And I've used it recently with mums and dads who have had particular difficulty in listening to their babies cry uh, because they're frozen in the moment themselves. So they've found it really challenging to attend um, to the infant's needs and it's worked with one session they've been able to refocus and be available and present and continue with what the infant's needs are comforting them and some parents have had challenges of um, past memories of traumas and experiences that are coming up from their own childhood while they're caring for their own children and um, in those moments, just remembering them, thinking, oh, I need some help with this, and it's really distressing. And I use this uh, technique that is just a way of um, integrating their subconscious and their conscious together in the moment. Sometimes it's just the conscious where I get them to help them to close their eyes and go through the experience here and now, um, a most recent experience, a past experience, and then the worst experience and just helping them process the senses what comes about when they're remembering those situations because they're heightened by what they hear or what they feel and what they see and their body reacts all over again when they're remembering it with their eyes closed as if they're experiencing it again and so i help them regulate in that moment and acknowledge what's going on for them and then we anchor a calm state. And with anchor, so tell me about the anchor. Yeah, so when, when they've regulated the emotion and they're in a calmer state, I help anchor that state into their memory. So when we're finished, I ask them to remember the situation. And they have a clear memory of the event and the situation that was distressing but they're not distressed by it anymore. They don't get the same physiological somatic sensations coming up in their body or the negative thoughts going on in their head. They're like, oh, I feel not distressed at all. I'm calm about that. So I'm very excited about this technique. And um, what I would like to do is to have a little experiment of uh, participants who are having challenges falling uh, pregnant or infertility problems and seeing how this plays out for them. There's another technique that goes a little bit deeper because as we were talking about before, part of us want to have a baby and fall pregnant and the other part is really fearful or might be held back by past experiences that we really don't know about, we're so unaware of. So putting people into and mothers into a state of trance, just a mild trance, just enough that they're relaxed enough 
that I can tap into their subconscious and we have the conscious on one side and the subconscious on the other side and I have them working together, integrating the differences and the struggles so that they start to work together and they find a way of working together. Mother doesn't have to be conscious of that. It's happening all on its own as I'm programming that in by talking to them in the trance. And again, it is anchored in and changes happen. So I'm really excited um, to offer anyone who would like to do this work with me so that I can just do some measures on, you know, seeing how the outcomes uh, for them in, with their fertility uh, comes about uh, through these experiences of using this technique and strategy. So I'll offer if anyone's interested. I'm so sorry. This no, no, no. All right, Linda. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so happy to have you in this collection. Thank you. And uh, I really enjoyed what we talked to go through PTSD, miscarriages, and the one point I love identity uh, mm -hmm. because we have to know what does that mean to be a mom? And self-care, as you said. Yes. There are lots of things beside each other to make a puzzle. <laughs> and you have to see which part is missing and find the part and place it again mm. and have a fertile body. Yes, that's exactly yes. right. <laughs> and, and this is, in many ways, I use this metaphor of coming to the beach and just putting your toes just at the edge of the water and you've got, you know, the, the, re the, the residue of the wave just sort of lapping up, the whitewash slapping up on your feet and you step away from it because it's too uncomfortable. No, I don't want to go there. No, I'm going to stay away. And this is what we do. We avoid a lot of the time. However, if we take that step and then we take another step and then another step, and before we know it, yes, we've got more and more of the water pushing up against us and that wave sort of, you know, pushing us back and knocking at us, but we keep, we're moving against it constantly. Before we know it, if we struggle, we're going to be sitting there being dumped by this wave. Just, you know, we don't pick up any strategies. We don't do anything. We just keep fighting it, fighting it, fighting it. We're going to get dumped. Whereas if we pick up a strategy and we get some support and we you know, take that on board and acknowledge that, yeah, this is difficult, but I'm human. And like everyone else, we're in this together. So find your support, find your village and keep moving. Before you know it, your breaststroke, backstroke, your freestyle helps you move through those difficult waves and you come out the other end of the karma side and you're at peace ready for things to happen again. Adorable. Adorable. You know, I, in my book, I have another book. It's a best-selling book, Rules of Change for the Better. One of the rules saying, you can't struggle when you don't know how to swim. So yeah. by the time you are struggling, you can go on the surface. But as soon as you, uh, you are lighter 
and you don't have heavy uh, baggage with you, then you can go on the top. When you are on Hopefully. the surface, you are lighter and uh, your weight even lighter than when you are walking uh, on the ground. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're floating. Uh, it's, it's a great, uh, great thing about knowing how let it go how letting go help you to have have your health back have your yeah. mental health back actually and yeah. whatever you're going to do in your life no matter which transition you want to do first you have to let it go yeah thank you so much for being here and it's been a pleasure thank you yes, thank you I very much thank you so much <laughs> bye bye Please subscribe to Panta Kalhor Transition Channel and order my book Naturally Conceived through Amazon. Thank you for watching.